5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. This evening, glad to have you with us here on 94.3 The Game and live online at 94.3thegame.com. Ben Byron producing across the glass. We have sprung forward here at Interbanks Media, 94.3 The Game Studios here on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. And the offer to fill in for Patrick, Ben, today was not quite akin to what the Dallas Cowboys have reportedly offered Dak Prescott. Sources have said the Cowboys had an offer worth $33 million per season and more than $100 million guaranteed on the table. So while the offer to fill in for P.J. today, not anywhere close to Dak's offer, I could not turn down the opportunity to be here this afternoon. How are you, man? I'm all right. I'm excited. Glad to uh, be back with you. First time you and I have been together since uh, the post-game show. Post-game show, yeah. yeah. It's been, it seems like years ago. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't it? We've changed since then. We have. We're a whole different person. We have. We look better, too. Uh, you may have heard Patrick today on uh, a statewide radio assignment as he hosted the North Carolina Sports Insider for the North Carolina News Network. You can hear Patrick the remainder of this week from 12 to 3 here on 94.3 The Game. He did a fantastic job today uh, with that show, so you can catch PJ every day, noon to 3 this week, right here on 94.3 The Game. Another busy sports weekend, as is the case this time of the year, and we will get into as much as we can over the next hour. Coming up, In just a bit, we'll hear from ECU head baseball coach Cliff Godwin. The Pirates are fresh off a series sweep at Charlotte. ECU outscored the 49ers in that series 33-10, and the Pirates had their best offensive outing over a three-game span thus far this season. It was career win number 213 for Cliff Godwin, pushing Coach Godwin past his mentor and former head coach Keith LeClaire. Henry spoke with Coach Godwin earlier today, and we'll have that interview coming up for you in just a bit. Here on the Patrick Johnson Show, Pirates return to action on Tuesday, hosting Elon at 6.30 in the first of five games this week. So a busy week for ECU. They travel to Wilmington on Wednesday before hosting Columbia for a three-game set this weekend. So can the Pirate Bats stay hot as they did against Charlotte this weekend? We'll find out tomorrow, Wednesday, and of course this weekend. On the hardwood... The Pirates did not fare so well, losing its regular season finale to UCF 94-62. The Knights hit 15 threes in Sunday's win in a game, Ben, that was never really close from start to finish. We'll hear from ECU head coach Joe Dooley and what he had to say following Sunday's loss and get his thoughts on the Pirates' upcoming first-round opponent in the American Athletic Conference Tournament. We'll also hear from ECU sophomore Jaden Gardner ahead of Thursday night's matchup with the Memphis Tigers. ECU has lost nine of its last 11 games to close the regular season and will be the number 11 seed in this week's AAC tournament at Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, Texas, and will face the number six seed Memphis in Thursday's opening round. Memphis beat ECU 77-73 in Memphis back on February 19th. Tip-off is set for 10 o'clock Thursday night, and you can follow the action right here on 94.3 The Game. Now, Cincinnati earned the top seed in this week's tournament. Houston is the two seed, and Wichita State is the number three seed. The entire first round 
of the tournament will be televised on ESPNU. The Pirates 2-5 and all-time in the AAC tournament, and Thursday's contest will be the first time ECU and Memphis have met in a conference tournament since the 2010-2011 Conference USA semifinals. So can the Pirates turn things around quickly? We'll find out from Coach Dooley on what his preparations will be as ECU gets set to take on Memphis in round one coming up Thursday night. Ben, you and I were on hand for some high school basketball on Saturday, and it was a sweep for the Farmville Central Jaguars as both the boys and girls teams advanced to Saturday's 2A state championship. The Farmville Central boys beat South Granville 66-63 in overtime in what was one of the best back-and-forth high school games I have seen in a very long time. The Jaguars will take on Shelby at 235 at the Smith Center in Chapel Hill. Fantastic crowd on hand awesome Saturday, Saturday evening for that game. And it, it reminded me of how the Eastern Regionals, I think, every year should be held at Minji's Coliseum because it brings out so many people. And certainly when you have a team in your own backyard playing, that helps as well. But a great crowd for that game. Uh, the girls, former Central girls, beat Kinston 69-52. They'll take on Newton Conover at 12.05 in Chapel Hill. The boys are making their second consecutive appearance in the championship game and will be playing for their sixth championship in school history. The girls will be vying for their second state championship in school history. Patrick Johnson will anchor our coverage of Saturday's state championship games on 103.7 WTIB. He'll be joined by Brian Mull. So we're looking forward to that coverage this weekend. Farmville Central taking on Shelby in men's 2A action. And on the women's side, it's going to be the Jaguars taking on Newton Conover at 12.05 in Chapel Hill. So full coverage this week and certainly on Saturday with Patrick Johnson and Brian Mull on our sister station, 103.7 WTIB. And Ben, there were a number of players in that game, and you and I were talking before the game, that were on the floor Saturday that will play the next level. No doubt about it. I mean, the sure. Jag- Jaguars junior guard to Quivion Smith. He's committed to NC State. Senior guard Justin Wright will play next season at North Carolina Central. I expect senior guard Samaj Teal to play the next level as well. Don't know how many uh, offers, if any, yet he has received. Uh, 6'7", junior forward, Leontay Moy will likely get some offers this summer. So Farmville Central is loaded. I mean, they're very, very talented. They have a great, great backcourt in Wright and Teal. What we did see in that game, though, Ben, was Rache Owens in that game uh, get ejected. So he will not be available unless I've missed something for Saturday's game against Shelby. Is that your understanding, too? That You're right. That's, you're exactly right. That's how the rules go for, uh, for uh, ejections in the, uh, the regionals. And uh, unfortunate situation that took place, loose ball there in the second half, and I think Owens' emotions got the best of him. Took a cheap shot. He should have been thrown out. He was. He will not be available for that game when the Jaguars take on Shelby this weekend. And he's a key component to what they do. He got. Uh, he was. He plays so hard inside. Not a big guy. About six one, um, bigger than me. But uh, you know, compared to uh, Leonte Moy and some of the other guys, not quite as big. But he plays hard. He's tough uh, and uh, gets a lot of loose balls. Does Rochelle Owens. So he will not be available for this weekend's game when the Jaguars take on Shelby in Chapel Hill. They'll face a good Shelby team, too, who got by Forest Hills in the Western Regional Finals over the weekend. So uh, state championship basketball is here. Basketball now in full swing, really all across the board. We're approaching the end of the NBA season. We're gearing up for March Madness. We're six days away from Selection Sunday. Five teams punch their tickets on Sunday. One more punch their ticket tonight with 
uh, Winthrop and East Tennessee State in the SoCon final. So we'll look ahead uh, to that game as well. We'll also talk about um, the ACC tournament, which gets underway tomorrow in Greensboro, and take a look at some teams that uh, you may or may not be able to trust come tournament time that are actually playing well right now, but you may not be able to trust come tournament time. We'll preview some of those teams as well. So a lot to get to here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll go ahead and take our first time out. When we come back, we're going to hear from ECU head baseball coach Cliff Godwin after uh, Sunday's or the, this past weekend's big series win at Charlotte. And we'll look ahead to this week's five matchups that the Pirates have on the diamond. More to come here on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. You can now listen to 94.3 The Game anywhere, anytime. That's a bold statement. Listen to us on your smart speaker. Simply ask Alexa or Google to stream WRHD and connect with us at home, work, or anywhere. We're on TuneIn Radio at 94.3 The Game. So take us anywhere you go. The Patrick Johnson Show. He's the perfect stud muffin. He's a menace to society. Every weekday at 5 on 94.3 The Game. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. It's live on 94.3thegame.com. Follow us via Twitter at 94.3thegame. ECU, a big weekend series win over Charlotte, upping their record to 12-3 on the season. ECU back in action tomorrow hosting Elon. The Pirates took game one of that series 7-2 in Elon a few weeks ago. Earlier today, Henry Hinton sat down with head coach Cliff Godwin. And we do have uh, Coach Cliff Godwin on the telephone right now. Coach, uh, first of all, let me congratulate you uh, not only on a great uh, three-game series and five wins in a row after going down to Charlotte and really dominating the 49ers this weekend, but uh, also in becoming the third all-time winningest coach at ECU. You actually surpassed uh, your mentor, Keith LeClaire, this weekend to become number three on the coach's win list at ECU. So congratulations. How are you feeling about that? Well, Henry, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, I had no idea. You know, somebody said something to me. I think it was Malcolm or Corey after the game. Congrats, you know. And I uh, actually was pretty emotional uh, just because I didn't know that. And it's not been like a goal of mine to, you know, surpass Coach LeClaire. I just want to make Coach LeClaire proud of the product that we're putting on the field. I want to make the teammates that I played with proud and ECU baseball alums and the fans proud of what we're doing here, not just on the baseball field, but for the community and what our guys do in the classroom. So it's an honor. Um, but like I said, uh, it wasn't something that, you know, I set out to plan to do. Well, I'm sure Coach is uh, looking down on you uh, and and feeling like a very proud father figure to you because of uh, what you've accomplished at ECU, uh, and it's pretty amazing. Hey, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the team. Five wins in a row now since the old mess uh, old Miss loss. Uh, in on Sunday, and then you go down to Charlotte this weekend, and uh, I was listening to Corey do the games uh, a, a lot through the weekend, and it just sounded like every aspect of uh, of the of the game went well for the Pirates this weekend at the plate, in the field, on the mound. It sounded like a pretty uh, complete uh, weekend, beating Charlotte in three games. Yeah, where well, our offense is kind of finding its groove, and look, it's. Uh it's not easy when, you know, you have guys that uh, have been playing every day with Francisco and Smallwood and they, you know, can't play. So you have other guys step up. But I'll tell you this, you know, Christian James done a great job and, and Skylar Brooks has done a great job. Ben Newton's done a great job. Kind of three guys that probably wouldn't have seen those at bats if, you know, Franny and Smalls 
had it been healthy. But it's like we always say, that's why you prepare every single day like you're going to be the guy. So when your name's called, it's just like you're going out there every single day. And those guys have done a really good job. And uh, incredible scores this weekend, 14-4. to four. Uh, 15, let's see, I've got them here, 15 to 5, and then 4 to 1 uh, yesterday on Sunday afternoon with Cooch Maynard on the mound. Um, it, it, it looked like that Alec Burleson had the breakout weekend that everybody has been expecting from your All-American. Uh, if my numbers are correct, he went 9 for 11 this weekend at the plate, including two home runs. Uh, talk about Alec Burleson's play. Well, first off, I can't say what we ask of that kid every single day and people just don't realize how tough it is to do what he does and you know taking the ball on Friday night and hitting in the three hole Friday night and then having to play a position uh it's it's not easy and there that's why there's nobody else in the country that does what Alec Burleson does Uh, but he's an extremely competitive human being he's one of the most competitive kids I've ever been around which is awesome because that's (laughs) right along my mindset but he, uh, you know, I think he was pressing early, which is normal for juniors. And, you know, it is what it is. It's the elephant in the room with the draft and then the fans' expectations. And, you know, after the Campbell game, he, we got home, and I think we got home at 930. He asked, could he talk to me and just said, hey, coach, I'm feeling pressure. And I said, well, uh, that's the only way you can ruin your season. So <laughs> you, I, there's no magic pill I can give you. There's no shot I can give you. I said, but you just have to be confident in the, the day-to-day work, the processes that you do every single day to prepare yourself for the game day. And I said, then when it's game day, man, you got to go have fun. And I don't tell many kids to go out there and have fun because I think some kids are not mature enough to understand what that means. <laughs> but really, we want game day to be like recess where, hey, you've put in all the work in, in the classroom, you've done all the practices, and you've done all the weight room sessions, and then we just let them play. And we're very demanding as a coaching staff at practice on game day. There's very little uh, coaching going on because we have prepared them for that moment. Now there's in-game strategy and stuff like that. But as far as, you know, we're not tweaking anybody's swing or anybody's pitching mechanics like, hey, look, you guys are prepared. Go out there and compete. And Burley did a really good job this weekend. I'm happy for him because – I think he had about 50 or 60 family members and friends that could attend this weekend because he's only about 20 minutes away from Charlotte um, in Denver. So really happy that he was able to play really well in front of his home crowd. And he, he started on Friday. as uh, He's been your Friday starter since Gavin Williams got hurt, and he started on Friday. He uh, did a nice job on the mound, and uh, you had a great start from uh, Tyler Smith on Saturday, only giving up one hit. Uh, Cooch Maynard uh, comes in yesterday afternoon and uh, and and gives you. He was I think it's the first time he's not been on a pitch count, right? And he gave you five innings yesterday and only gave up uh, one run and five hits. So uh, pitching was solid this weekend. Oh, pitching's been it's been very consistent over the entire year. I mean, you look at our pitching numbers. I don't know how it compares to. This is the deepest pitching staff we've ever had here. I mean, when you look at the stat sheet and. The amount of guys that we have thrown, we've never had that many guys throw in our program. So that's a really good thing, especially when you're going into a five-game week like this week. Yeah, you used uh, used Gavin Williams a couple of innings um, on Saturday. He threw two innings, uh, gave up one hit, no runs, um, walked a couple. How's he doing? Is he coming along? 
Yeah, he's coming along. And, uh, you know, we wanted to get him close to 45 pitches. I think he threw 38 or 40 pitches. So his pitch count will continue to go up. And, you know, once we feel comfortable, we'll move him into a a starting role in some capacity. Just not sure when that's going to be. Like I keep saying, his health is the number one priority. But he has been feeling good and continue to progress. So we're excited about that. We got a little win streak going now. Again, if you're joining us, uh, this is Cliff Godwin on the telephone with us. Coach, you've got a five-game win streak going after the sweep of uh, Charlotte over the weekend. Uh, this is a big week because you play Tuesday, Wednesday, and the weekend. You've got uh, Elon here at Clark LeClaire Stadium tomorrow night at uh, 6.30. Then you go down to Wilmington, which uh, you know they, all, they love when the Pirates come to town. And then you've got an interesting series with Columbia this weekend. Talk about this week. No, it's just, well, first off, we're in spring break, so it makes it a little easier from the standpoint our guys don't have class. So they should be able to be fresh. If not, then we got problems because they don't have class. So, uh, but it just, you know, we, we're going to treat every game like a separate entity. I tell the coaches and the players, look, our job is to, to figure out a way to win tomorrow. And then once we get through tomorrow, then we'll worry about Wednesday and then we'll worry about Thursday and so forth. And, I know, uh, you know, when you look at the uh, entire week, you know, it's five games, but really our job is to win, try to figure out how to win on Tuesday. Yeah. You've, uh, it's been interesting to watch what's happened uh, when you guys jump out to an early lead. Uh, you're, they, you're, this team seems to have the killer instinct, and you worry about that with teams that get out to a lead and then they let the other teams come back. But uh, particularly with the fact that you lost so many guys last year who were veterans of this program, but uh, these guys seem to, to, to really get that, and when they get out to a, a lead, they, don't, they, they, they put their foot on the neck. <laughs> That's kind of well, Cliff well, Godwin's Henry, style, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Henry, I, I would say that that just happened this week. You know, really, that's been one thing that I have harped on our offense about is that we've got to do a better job of having a killer instinct. And I, it goes back to last Sunday when we played High Point. We were able to extend a lead, and then we played Liberty. We were able to extend a lead, and then you had Friday and Saturday at Charlotte because I felt like at times we had just, you know, kind of set back because our pitching and our defense has been so good and just said, hey, we got four runs or we got five runs and we're good. But I told them that's, there's going to come a time when, you know, our pitching's not going to be perfect and our defense is not going to be perfect. So um, we got to make sure that we extend leech. You, you look at Friday's game, I think we were up 7 nothing, and then we gave up three or four. I think it was four in that one inning. Well, if you're up four to nothing, now it's four to four. It's a different game. They feel like they're in it, but seven to four, and then we were able to add two right back on top of it. So kind of put them away a little bit and then continue to add. That's been – something we've been focused on the past couple weeks it looked like uh from some of the pictures i saw on social media good uh, good crowd of pirates there in charlotte uh again you guys uh, oftentimes when you go out on the road uh, more pirate fans in the stands and the home team that's got to feel good for you henry I, I don't know if anybody would uh probably say this especially not from charlotte but it was a home field advantage for the pirates <laughs> this weekend so uh one of the coolest things was saturday we're pulling in on the bus and there I mean there are pirate fans everywhere in the parking lot t- tailgating with tents the weather was awesome I'm getting chill bumps because we literally <laughs> were honking the horn on the bus and they're out there having a great time it was sold out on Saturday so really really cool to see all the pirate nation come out in Charlotte and as you know we have a lot of pirate fans in the Charlotte area 
Yeah, no doubt. That's good. You'll have a big bunch of uh, Pirates down in Wilmington on Wednesday night as well. But first, you got Elon here tomorrow night. Got a rematch with the team you've already beaten this year over there at uh, Elon. And they're coming here 6.30, first pitch at uh, Clark LeClaire Stadium, then Wilmington Wednesday night. And then the Columbia Series, which is an interesting series. Uh, how did we? Uh, how'd you go about scheduling a, a home series, a weekend weekend series with Columbia? Well, it's unique. You know, normally everybody starts conference play this weekend, and, and with our the way our conference is set up, we're one week later. So you have to find, you know, a team that hasn't started conference yet that's willing to come here and blah blah blah. So uh, you know, Coach Palumbo is in charge of our scheduling and ask would hey would Columbia work and. Of course they will. They're a good program. Uh, I'm sure Pirate fans remember back in 15, we opened up with them in the Miami Regional, and they beat us 4-3, to three, I think. So, oh, that's right. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. They're a really quality program, and, and their head coach does an unbelievable job uh, with their program, especially with the academic requirements that you have to have no to get kidding. into Columbia. Yep. We don't play many Ivy League schools, so this will be interesting to see what happens this weekend when they come to town. Um, Cliff Godwin, congratulations once again on becoming uh, number three on the all-time wins list at ECU. Congratulations on uh, five wins in a row, and uh, keep on tacking on some more to that win streak starting tomorrow night. We need to see a big crowd out of Clark LeClaire Stadium. The um, daylight savings time means it's going to be uh, sun's still going to be out at six thirty first pitch, and the weather's supposed to be pretty good this week. So good luck. Well, I tell you what, if, if fans can't get fired up for 70 degrees tomorrow, I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Come on out and support the need, Pirates. Hey, we need all the Pirate fans to come out. Hey, have an adult beverage. Relax. <laughs> You're on the Pirates. Hey, that's the, it's the Pirate life, right? Got to do it. <laughs> all right, Coach. Hey, thanks much. It's uh, great talking to you. Patrick will be back. Uh, I don't know if he'll be back next week, but soon. But, you know, David, he's uh, he's in the, that new uh, time slot now for a couple of weeks from 12 to 3. So, McGee and I are going to be taking care of you for a little bit. But it's always a pleasure, and uh, we're proud of what you're doing and looking forward to another great week of baseball here in Greenville. Thanks, Henry, and thanks for the support as always. Appreciate Absolutely. it. All right, that's ECU head baseball coach Cliff Gowan, who joined Henry earlier this morning. And, again, uh, you can't say enough about the job Cliff has done. And, really, uh, you know, the way this team has come together now over the past five games, winning five straight and sweeping Charlotte this past weekend. Again, five games coming up this weekend. And when you look back to the loss at Indiana or to Indiana and Ole Miss in the Keith LeClaire Classic, this team has not skipped a beat since then. And those two losses not looking, obviously, the Ole Miss loss, not a bad loss. Two to one loss there. Since then, Ole Miss hasn't, they haven't lost a game. They're 14 to one on the season, ranking the top 10. Indiana's eight and five. Overall, of course, that Campbell loss earlier in the season was one that um, we thought could have gone either way because ECU just tends to struggle some at Campbell. But this baseball team playing really, really well right now. 43 hits this past weekend, 33 runs. And as you heard Cliff Godwin talk about early in the interview, Alec Burleson was uh, huge this past weekend. In fact, he was named today the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week and it was the fourth career weekly honor for Burleson from the American Conference, and he just had a fantastic outing against Charlotte this past weekend, collecting nine uh, total hits, and he's such a unique player, as you heard Coach Godwin say, uh, uh, such a unique two-way player who's so talented on both sides offensively uh, and defensively. Uh, So he and Lane Hoover combined for 15 of the Pirates' 
43 hits over the weekend. And as mentioned, and as most of you are aware by now, Cliff Gowan surpassing his mentor and former college coach Keith LeClaire on Sunday with career win number 213. Coach Gowan now third on ECU's all-time wins list. Billy Godwin is second, for those of you that are counting, on the list with 317 wins. And Gary Overton is the all-time winningest coach in ECU baseball history with 427. So uh, Cliff Godwin doing really, really good things, continuing to do good things and build this program here in Greenville, as many of us expected him to do. So the Pirates tomorrow will go for the season sweep of Elon at 6.30 at Clark LeClaire Stadium. The Pirates beat Elon 7-2 back on February 25th. Elon has won just one game since that matchup back in February and have lost seven of their last eight games, including dropping two of three to Illinois uh, this past weekend. The Pirates will travel to Wilmington on Wednesday before hosting Columbia for a three-game series this weekend. And EC will play their first conference series of the season next week when they visit UCF. Right now at 12-3, and three, ECU has the third best overall record in the American Athletic Conference. UCF is 15-2, and two, while Tulane and Wichita State are both 13-2. and two. Back to Alec Burleson for a second, Ben. Again, 9-12, for 12, two walks, a home run, six-run score. He leads the Pirates with 22 hits on the season. His 386 batting average at the plate, third best right now in the AAC. Again, named today as the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week, his fourth career honor. He leads the American... Uh, or ECU leads the American with a team-best 314 batting average and is fifth in runs scored with 108, and ECU's 2.91 team ERA is currently fourth-best in the league. The Pirates ranked number 24 in this week's Baseball America Top 25. Also good to hear Coach Gowan mentioned that junior right-hander Gavin Williams is progressing in regard to his health, so that's good news. The Pirates can throw so many guys at you, is what, and that makes them, I think, a very difficult team to really prepare for and really adjust to game in, game out. So it seems like everybody on the roster can pitch. That's not that's not the case, but it seems that way. But good to have uh, Gavin Williams back. He's made uh, a pitch now just three innings of work for the Pirates this season, and hopefully he will only get healthier uh, as time goes on. So thanks again to ECU head baseball coach Cliff Godwin for spending some time with us this morning on our weekly chat with him. And right now, we'll go to Ben Byram, who has our Monday sports update. Ben? Thanks, Trent. Ben Byram here for your 94.3 The Game sports update. ECU Baseball's weekend was a sweeping success as they pull off the victory in all three of their away contests against Charlotte to improve their overall record at 12-3 on the season. One pirate who really stood out in the series was the junior two-way player Alec Burleson, who won the American Conference Player of the Week. Burley batted a conference best 667 batting average with a home run, four RBIs, and scoring seven times. On the mound, he earned his second win of the season in the series opener, allowing four runs on eight hits with three walks and seven strikeouts in 5.2 innings. The Pirates look to keep it up as they battle Elon at home tomorrow, but first pitch scheduled at 6.30. You can hear coverage for that game starting at 6.15 right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. ECU basketball had a rough outing on the road as they battled the UCF Knights in a losing 94-62 effort, dropping the Pirates' overall record to 11-20 and 5-13 in conference play. Star forward Jaden Gardner had 17.7 rebounds and 3 assists in that contest. He talked about what has gone wrong with the team these past few games. You got to get back to playing um, just ECU basketball, just playing hard and um, just playing together and um, listening to the coach and trusting, our, trusting ourselves. Um, 
Uh, we feel like a wall right now for some reason, but uh, hopefully we can just figure it out and be, be prepared to face Memphis on Thursday. The Pirates come into AAC tournament play as the 11th seed and are scheduled to take on the 6th seed in Memphis this Thursday in Dallas with tip-off scheduled for 10 o'clock. High School Hoops, two local teams both from the same school claim 2A East, 2A East regional titles on Saturday as Farm Central's girls get the 69-52 win over Kinston to advance to the state championships against Newton Conover and the boys advance in a 66-63 winning effort against South Granville and move on to battle Shelby. They'll look to defend their state titles this Saturday in the Dean Smith Center. And around the NFL, the Jets released veteran corner Tremaine Johnson, former Panther and Washington Redskin Josh Norman finds a new home with former defensive coordinator Sean McDermott in Buffalo. The Bills have signed Norman to a one-year deal worth $6 million with $8 million in incentives. And the Cowboys send Dak Prescott a new contract proposal for $33 million per season and $100 million guaranteed. If you're 94 through the game sports update, I'm Ben Barham. All right, thank you for that, Ben. You mentioned the not Josh Norman uh, trade, the Bills adding Norman, a one-year deal, $6 million with incentives that can reach up to $8 million. Uh, reuniting Norman with former uh, his former coach, Sean McDermott, who was, uh, of course, his defensive coordinator uh, during uh, their time in Charlotte. So uh, Josh Norman going to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he'll be uh, opposite, um, well, Right now, all-pro uh, Tredavious White uh, currently undecided there with the Bills, so we'll see what happens there. But Josh Norman landing uh, in Buffalo uh, after the Redskins released Norman back on Valentine's Day. He had spent four seasons there with the Washington Redskins. So we'll uh, find out how Norman uh, fares. And, Ben, do you think Josh Norman is um, – is, he's reached his peak and now he's kind of on the way down? Is that what we're seeing now, John? A one-year deal, uh, which that tells me that it's kind of it's going to be a wait-and-see approach with him as to how he fares this season coming up with the Buffalo Bills. But you have to wonder um, if Josh Norman is trending downward in terms of how teams look at him from a talent standpoint. Well, if there's going to be any year where he can come back and have a great season, this needs to be the year, especially when he's reunited, reunited with the defensive coordinator he's had success with and Sean McDermott, and it's a very low-risk situation for the Bills. So he's got to really prove it for him. Yeah, and the, and the move can save the Redskins, or will save the Redskins, uh, you know, roughly $12.5 million in cap space. So, um, you know, it, it appears, though, that Norman's best work and, and what he did uh, in Carolina May, uh, that was when he was in his prime. Uh, and, and we saw some of his best seasons in Charlotte. So you have to wonder now how much more he has left in the tank. But... Um, you know, he was a first-team All-Pro after 2015, and uh, people were high on Josh Norman, then leaves Carolina, goes to the Redskins. Now he's there uh, in Buffalo. Uh, you mentioned also, again, congrats to Farmville Central's boys and girls teams. They'll play in this weekend's state championship game, the 2A state championship game, and we'll have full coverage for you on 103.7 WTIB. Patrick Johnson and Brian Mole will anchor our coverage from the Smith Center beginning with the girls' game at 12.05 as they take on Newton Conover, followed by Farmville Central and Shelby in the men's 2A state title game. That tip-off is set for 2.35, all from the Smith Center in Chapel Hill. So Farmville Central trying to bring home a second consecutive state championship, and they also made a state championship appearance a few years prior to this year. So it has been uh, a really uh, – Larry Williford, head coach of Farmville Central, has had a fantastic run now for the past few seasons there with Farmville Central and the good thing for them is they get Terquavion Smith back, who's a junior. They get Leontay Moy back, who, again, we thought, you and I talked before that South Granville game, 
He was a big factor down low for them, certainly early in that game. His presence was felt really throughout the entire game. But I believe he had seven blocks in the game, if not more so. Uh, he'll be the biggest guy on the floor, certainly, I think, on Saturday, looking at uh, Shelby's roster. I think they come in with the biggest guy at 6'4". So, uh, Leontay Moy, a huge factor for them down low. He's back. Uh, they lose Samaj Teal. They lose Justin Wright. But there's talent coming back for the Jaguars on the boys' side next season. So we'll see uh, how long this run can continue. It's been a phenomenal run uh, for head coach Larry Williford and Farmville Central. And really unprecedented now. You've seen both boys' and girls' teams from Farmville Central play for, for state championships. So really, again, it puts Pitt County on the map as well. And it shows you how good the high school basketball is right here in Pitt County. Coming up this week, starting tomorrow, is going to be the ACC tournament. Ben, grab your bracket if you have it nearby. If you don't, uh, let me know. But Florida State earned the top seed in this week's ACC tournament in Greensboro, which tips off on Tuesday. Wake Forest and Pitt will get things going at 4.30, followed by North Carolina and Virginia Tech at 7 o'clock. Ben, we'll go game by game here if you have your bracket with you. And I don't know if you could in our little bracket deal we have going on uh, if you want to change your picks up. So I, I don't know who you're picking. That's totally fine. Let's look at Wake Forest and Pitt, the 12th seed Demon Deacons, and the 13th seeded Panthers game one tomorrow. Who do you have in that game? I have Pitt. Uh, I think in a lot of games I saw this year, even against Duke, they played really tough. Uh, I haven't I haven't been all that impressed with Wake Forest, so I'm going with Pitt on that one. And I had Pitt uh, at first glance. I changed my pick. I'm going to go with Wake Forest. I okay, like, okay. I like him in that game. Uh, close to home. Neither team has been impressive this season. I know that uh, I know that Wake beat Pitt, I believe, earlier this season. Uh, not by a lot, but I like Wake in that game. But I think the Wake Forest runs run will end come Wednesday when they take on NC State. Tomorrow night's uh, game, number 11 seed, Virginia Tech, the 14 seed, North Carolina. North Carolina, to keep their season alive, will have to do something that's never been done before. In the ACC tournament, that's win five games in five days. They have 18 losses this season, the second most in program history. Not been, obviously, a good year for North Carolina. But, Ben, I like the Tar Heels to get by Virginia Tech tomorrow night. Exactly. I have the same thing. Carolina, uh, this is this is kind of a make-or-break deal for them to, to keep any hopes of NCAA tournament bit alive. So I think they'll maybe pull through and play hard to get this uh, possible tournament bid and maybe show that they're not as bad as everyone thinks they are. So you have Pitt advancing. I have Wake advancing. I have North Carolina. You have North Carolina advancing there in round one. Round two, Clemson-Miami will kick things off at 12 noon on Wednesday. I like the Tigers in that game. Same, same. Uh, it's hard to argue with beating UNC and Duke in the same year, and that's more of a gut-filling thing with this game. haven't seen much from both teams, so I'm going to go with Clemson. NC State will get the winner of Wake Forest and Pitt at 2 o'clock on Wednesday. Now, NC State got some help this weekend. They were a team that was on the outside looking in, and I thought with the uh, the Wisconsin win over Indiana, I think, helped NC State out. If you listen to, to uh, Joe Lenardi, the bracketologist, he's one of many out there, but he had NC State on the bubble, or had NC State as one of the first four teams out. I believe he has NC State in as one of the first four teams in the field now. They take on the winner of Wake Forest and Pitt. I like NC State winning that game, beating Wake Forest. Who do you have? Obviously, it's going to be against Pitt. Who do you have in that game? State. State all the way for that one. Uh, you talk about a team that's played really tough against this year against quality opponents. Uh, I think they want to prove that they're not the redheaded stepchild 
of North Carolina teams, so I got State in this one. I thought State had to win against Wake Forest Friday night, which they did, and win at least two games to be up for consideration for the NCAA tournament. I think now if they win two games, I think they're certainly in uh, if they can win uh, Wednesday. However, their second, uh, their quarterfinal matchup, should they get by Wake Forest or Pitt, will be against Duke. That will be a very tough matchup for them. That will be the 2:30 game on Thursday, should they get by Wake Forest and or Pitt on Wednesday. Notre Dame and Boston College will be the third game on Wednesday. I like the Irish in that game. Uh, same. Haven't seen much from uh, either team, so I'm just going to pick the higher seed on this one, to be honest. I think Notre Dame's playing uh, pretty good basketball here to close out the, re- the season or the regular season uh, for them. And still some things to play for, I think, for Notre Dame, so I like the Irish in that one. And then coming up on Wednesday in the nightcap, it's going to be Syracuse and the winner of North Carolina and Virginia Tech. You and I both have the Tar Heels in that game. And believe it or not, I like the Tar Heels to advance past Syracuse. Oh, see, I got Syracuse for that one. Uh, Syracuse has always kind of given the Tar Heels a little bit of trouble. Uh, Syracuse has played really tough this year. They got a lot of quality players, great coaching, and uh, I think they're going to take over and win against Carolina. All right, looking at the quarterfinal matchup for Thursday, Florida State and the winner of Clemson-Miami. I like the Seminoles to advance in that game. Oh, I got Clemson just in an upset. You know, when you're dealing dealing with brackets, it's just more of a gut feeling thing. Sometimes... uh, I guess, uh, how would you put it? I guess smarts, uh, the obvious choice does not prevail. So that's kind of like my upset pick for the bracket. Okay, okay, that's an interesting pick there. So uh, you have Clemson getting by Florida State, putting them in the semifinals against the winner of Duke, and we're thinking NC State, or who knows. Um, But I like Duke to advance to the semifinals, and for you it would be against Clemson. For me it would be against FSU. So that's obviously going to be Duke for me. All right, Virginia, yeah. uh, they play, I think they're playing really good basketball late in the season. Tony Bennett has his team, I think, right now clicking at the right time. I like Virginia to get by Notre Dame in the quarterfinals in the third game on Thursday. Same. Uh, not, not a lot of arguments there. I mean, they're just a really great team. They have a lot of experience with an excellent head coach. All right, so then you have Louisville and the winner of uh, North Carolina and Syracuse uh, per our brackets. I think North Carolina's run will end against Louisville Thursday night at 9 o'clock in Greensboro. I think the Cardinals get by the Tar Heels there to advance to the semifinals. Yep, I have the Cardinals too. So then you look at the semifinal matchups. You have Clemson and Duke. You have Virginia and Louisville. I have Virginia and Louisville, and I have Florida State and Duke. I like Duke to beat Florida State, and I like Virginia to beat Louisville setting up a Virginia-Duke matchup for me in the championship game, and I like Virginia. I have the same exact thing. Virginia, I think, is a more complete team. Tony Bennett, you know, he's the hottest coach in terms of, uh, in terms of just strategy and uh, experience with his, head, with his players and coaching them up. I think it's going to be Virginia over Duke. Duke, uh, they've kind of not shown up in some of these games that they were supposed to win. They've had a little bit of slip-ups throughout the year. They got great defense, but gut feelings telling me Virginia. Well, we'll find out this week as the ACC tournament tips off from Greensboro beginning tomorrow, and we'll run through Saturday, and we'll find out who prevails there uh, in Greensboro. Five teams have already punched their tickets to the big dance. Another one will be added to the mix tonight as Winthrop takes on East Tennessee State in the Southern Conference Championship Final. Ben, I've been saying all year long, and it's no secret, 
This year's NCAA tournament will be one of the most unpredictable tournaments, I think, in a very long time. I can't recall a year in college basketball that saw so many ranked teams lose. So in my opinion right now, Kansas, who remained the unanimous number one this week, has to be the odds-on favorite to win the national title. The Jayhawks wrapped up another Big 12 regular season championship over the weekend and are now 28-3 and heading into this week's Big 12 tournament. They've won 16 consecutive games, and if they can shoot it a little more consistently, I don't see a team that can beat the Jayhawks. Do, uh, do you have a fa- let me ask? Do you have a favorite? Because right now I think it's so hard to pick a favorite. But if I had to, I would go with Kansas right now. Yeah, if I had to, I would pick Virginia. Actually, I feel like they played they played a lot of great teams this year. Like I said, they have experience. They have the head coach. They got the complete package going into this tournament. As we inch closer to Selection Sunday, here are some teams that are playing well, but I don't think you can trust to be legitimate title contenders. Just my two cents here, but Florida State, who has had one heck of a season, hats off to Leonard Hamilton and the job he's done. They did clinch their first ever ACC regular season championship over the weekend. They're talented. They're deep. They'll likely be a number two seed, even with a loss in this week's ACC tournament. However, should it come down to a back-and-forth game scoring back and forth game. I just don't trust FSU in a close game. I think history has proven uh, they have the talent to make a deep run. I just don't know that they can run past a Sweet 16 or an Elite 8 team. And I, I just I just don't trust them. I, you know, it's, I don't have much to go on other than some things in the past, but in a close game back and forth, I don't trust Florida State. They're one team I'd watch out for, although I think many people will pick them to certainly get to an Elite 8. And uh, Dayton is one more team. I look at the Flyers. They're the best mid-major team in the country. They're fun to watch. Obi Toppin, a stud. They were 8-10 or 18-0 in the A-10. They're on pace to be number one seed. I think they can make a run. But were they challenged enough in the A-10 to get past an Elite Eight team? My guess is no. And then Seton Hall. The Pirates have lost two straight heading into their matchup with Marquette this week in the Big East Conference Tournament. I'm not sure that Seton Hall is good enough defensively to get past the Sweet 16. We'll find out. We're close to Selection Sunday, six days away now. Uh, from that. So tournament time is here. We'll take a timeout, come back, and we'll hear from Joe Dooley as the Pirates get set to take on Memphis this week in the AAC tournament. Stay tuned. More to come here on the Patrick Johnson Show. You're listening to the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Here we go. We're back. Back to the P-Man. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, the Pirates will take on Memphis Thursday night, round one of the AAC tournament. ECU lost to Memphis 77-73 back in February. Here is head coach Joe Dooley and what his players need to do the most before the Memphis game. You know, we still we still need to upgrade our uh, our, our physical conditioning as far as strength and some of that's you know you're not going to take us you know a guy like Tristan who's 17 when he's on camps he's not going to look like a Cumberland uh, who at 22 is, is a different you know species right now he's just he's just a better you know he's just an older more mature guy and I think all those guys with, with Brandon Suggs and, and even Charles Charles looks the part as you know but Charles is very weak through the hips and through the lower body and he needs to get strong in his lower body if the Pirates can take care of the basketball Thursday and find a way to keep Precious Achua in check, Thursday's game could be interesting. Achua had 24 points and 12 rebounds in the regular season matchup between these two. Here was Joe Dooley on any changes he's seen from Memphis 
since that earlier matchup. Well, obviously, you know, having seen him a couple weeks ago, you have a little bit of a feeling, you've got an idea what their speed and athleticism is like, which, which helps. So you can't really simulate it in practice. Uh, I do think they've played, continue to get better. I think they've uh, adjusted to their roles, and I think they feel a little bit more comfortable with each other. And I thought the last couple of games they've looked a, little, a lot better. Tip-off is set for 10 o'clock Thursday night. ECU and Memphis, the last game of round one of the AAC tournament coming up from Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, Texas. We'll take our final time out here, come back and put the finishing touches here on this edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Stay with us. Back to the show. It's all coming back. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Come with me now. All right, welcome back to the final lap here of the Patrick Johnson Show. I'm Trent McGee, Ben Bonner, producing this afternoon. I want to say hello to the most beautiful girl in the world who's listening right now on 94.3. The game, Emery, thank you for listening. Sweetheart, I love you. Always appreciate that. Also want to say that, uh, Ben, my basketball team is in the semifinals tonight of our, of our tournament. City Rec League tournament, so shout out to, uh, to Oakmont and our squad who will have a big game tonight coming up at 8 o'clock. If we win tonight, Ben, we're in the championship game Thursday night. I expect to see you there. Okay, all right. Okay. Are you head coach? No, head coach? What? what? I'm oh, playing. you're playing. Oh, what position are you yeah, on? Yeah, see, I'm by far the oldest guy on the team, which, which you were winning the same thing. So, no, I play. I play. What but, position you run? Uh, I, I, I play uh, guard. Bench warmer. Mm-hmm. That's funny, Towel ben. boy. Uh, that's funny. Uh, so, uh, big game for us tonight. Uh, so we'll try to get things done. Uh, the Oakmont squad going up against Fast Break tonight in our city rec league there in Greenville. So a couple of personal shout-outs there for me. Uh, ben, ECU shot just 22% from three in Sunday's loss at UCF. The Knights shot nearly 52% from three. They also held a 10-point advantage in Fast Break points on Sunday. Tristan Newton did lead the Pirates with 20 points in that loss on Sunday. His three assists set the ECU freshman season record for assists with 100 and 14. Again, the Pirates have struggled with turnovers all season long. Can they find a way to take care of the basketball? They had 16 turnovers against UCF on Sunday. Again, if they can keep Precious Achua in check, take care of the basketball, and shoot the ball somewhat consistently from three, which is a lot to a lot I just asked for right then. I know they can make this game interesting. I don't I, I think it's gonna be either a close game uh, or it's gonna be a Memphis blowout. I just do. So can, can ECU hang with the Tigers coming up Thursday night? We'll find out at 10 o'clock. The American Athletic Conference Championship. Don't forget ECU baseball tomorrow right here on 94.3. The game of the Pirates take on Elon at 6.30. And Patrick will be back with you tomorrow here on the show. Corey Glore will be on the show with you on Wednesday as the Pirates get set to take on Wilmington on the Diamond. And, of course, this weekend's Columbia Series with ECU baseball. So we'll have all that for you coming up right here on 94.3 The Game. Glad to have filled in for Patrick this evening. Don't forget, PJ is on statewide tomorrow again, 12-3 on the North Carolina News Network, the North Carolina Sports Insider for NCNN. So listen to Patrick, 12-3 right here on 94.3 The Game. Thanks again to Ben Ryan Producing, and we'll see you on Tuesday here on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game, the Pirate Nation's FM station.